Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. Before we take the call, I was going to say, if, if you miss that turn for Santarpios, it's like 17 minutes to come back. Like going, yeah. going through the tunnel to the airport? Yes. Yeah, me and Jay did it twice. It took us... Oh. I missed it twice. It took, like, from... Because you got to go to, like, through Revere. Yeah, it took 54 minutes. Just not, like, no. not total time. That should have been your sign. We were in the car for, like, an hour and 10 minutes. It should have been 25. That should have been your sign. I'm going to tell you real quick before we do this. Sure. Frank Pepe's beats Santarbios out of the water. 100% of the time. Man, this looks great. With the salad as, at Frank Pepe's? You can't mind. It's a, it's a winning combination. I think... Um, once you get to those top ones, it's very difficult to, to distinguish. Your mom's happy that you're wearing normal shoes. My mom, my mom texted me yesterday that it's disconcerting to watch your son put up, put makeup on. <laughs> I can't blame you. My kid loves Little Caesars pizza. Yeah, Missy. Um. I know that guy from Ghana came to the River Church when I was there and showed me up with his white. What do you call those those outfits? The long shirt with the matching pants, Kof. Uh, Muslim. Why, 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 are you, why are you thinking? Muslim bibs. No, no, they're not. They're not Islamic. Lots of Islamic. It, it, it's like aware a, of them. What's it called? What's the African word? Oh my gosh. Jihab. No. But anyway, he he had on a uh, a white long shirt with the matching white pants and then diamonds, like a diamond sequin thing through it. So then obviously he was doing it to show me up and then uh <laughs> Pastor Rodney said, What why are you letting people show you up? It's like you're backslidden. So I'm just gonna tell you the next time I come to the river church. Uh oh. Look out. Cause I'm gonna I'm gonna just do the the end all suit. I'm heading back to St. Louis and me and uh me and Lorenzo are gonna make something happen. Skilly! Um well let's get down to business. From Amsterdam, Netherlands, Amsterdam, Holland, please welcome Miss Brooklyn Bailey. I hope Hi. How's everything in Amsterdam? It's great. It's rainy as usual, but wonderful. <laughs> Good to hear. Yeah. Well, nice to see you. Uh, tell everybody yeah. where you're from originally, and then what brought you out to Amsterdam. And I would be interested to hear as well. <laughs> yeah, um, I grew up in Tampa, Florida, um, and I went to worship school there um, at the River of Tampa Bay. I did a River School of Worship. Graduated last June, but uh, about right before I started my second year of worship school, I knew that the Lord wanted to take me um, to a different place for my internship, but I didn't know where. So I was uh, prayerfully considering some places. And uh, during youth summer camp, uh, the Lord actually gave me a vision of me walking on the streets of Amsterdam, which I didn't know at the time, um, like 
really anything about Amsterdam. I knew there was a church here. I knew pastors been in Jackie vaguely, but not, not that well. And, um, I just kind of, the Lord put that in my heart and I ran with it. I waited a little bit, talked to the wonderful Dean Todd Holmes and said, you know, I feel like this is the, the right place for you. And since then it was a year and a half before I actually left, but, uh, the Lord used that time to prepare me and, um, everything lined up and I've been here for a little over a year now. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Uh, and how, how's it going? What what part of it have you enjoyed? I'll ask you two things before you get to your question. What's been the okay. most, What's been the most uh, challenging thing leaving the United States for Florida and going to a, a European country where English isn't the first language? And of all the things, what did you find the most challenging? Um, well, it was also my first time moving away from home. It was my first time actually leaving the United States. So it was a lot of first things all at once. But I think for me, the most challenging thing um, was <laughs> um, kind of coming up for air. I was so saturated in the culture, like immediately I hit the ground running and uh, kind of finding where I fit in this culture because it is very different from the States, you know, um, in well, the well, U.S. Tell me one of the differences you've noticed. Everyone asks me this, but Red light I mean... <laughs> well, no, we have that. Yes, oh, yeah, that's but I think just the way of thinking is different because in the U.S. you grow up, you hear, you know, be you, be unique, be different, stand out from the crowd. And here it's literally do normal, which is like to be normal, do normal. Just don't let your head stick above, like just be the same blend in. So it shapes the way people think, I believe in. Um, and I'm very different from that as an American and it sticks out. So I think finding my place here without changing who I am was a little, it was like an interesting transition for me. Do you know Sarah that, that works for us? Yeah, I do. You guys are friends or didn't get along? <laughs> We're friends. We actually, um, really, we met the first time I went to summer camp with I am in Tampa. We were both 16 and we both really got touched that week. We, we shared a bed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she remembers that. <laughs> you, you, can save that. you can save that for therapy. All right. So, so that, that's what you found the most challenging thing. And then what did you find the most like uh, rewarding or the thing that you've enjoyed the most? There is nothing like being in the will of God. Even when like the most unexpected things might come your way, but there is such an unexplainable peace and joy about being in the will of God. Um, and the people you meet, the, the things that the Lord enables you to do, it's, there's nothing like being the perfect will of God. That's that is awesome. All right, I'll, I'll take your question then. Yeah, so I guess it kind of goes along with that. Uh, I graduated in worship, from worship school last June, um, and I know a lot of people, you know, they, they go to Bible schools all over everywhere. Um, but I think no matter what college you graduate from, everyone is wondering what it like, do you have advice for young people who are transitioning from graduation to walking in the call of God, whether it be ministry, business, whatever, uh, what would your advice be to people my age who are transitioning out of college into real life? <laughs> that is a great question. You know, by and large, college does nothing to prepare you for real life. College is like its own yeah. world. Where, and uh, people people that thrive at college and even Bible college many times fall flat on their face when they leave and vice versa. People that have a hard time in college can sprout wings because they have nothing to do with each other. My class president, I was talking with uh, somebody yesterday that was in Bible college with me. My class president doesn't even serve the Lord. I think he's in drug rehab. 
And, you know, I could go down the list of all, like the, all the people that were in class leadership. But many of them are train wrecks. You know, if they don't have a change, they're, they're, they're not going to make heaven. And then many of them aren't in the ministry. So college is good because it teaches you, it gives you four years. Like I went when I was 17. How old were you when you went, Brooklyn? I was 18. Yeah. So very few um, people at 18 and even less young men at 17 and 18 are ready to like launch out and do their thing. You have a zeal for God. You know you've been called, but it gives you four years to settle down and study and, and map things out. I would say the number one mistake people make, which you're already past this point, is they wait till graduation. And, and this isn't just for college people. This is for everybody. They wait for graduation or, um, like, I, I know several people in the ministry where they were traveling as an evangelist or had a church somewhere else and uh, then felt to go start another church. So they left that church and then had like a transition period of six months or a year while they started the new church, you know, rather than like what I would have done. I would have kept my one thing going, like Smith Wigglesworth did with his plumbing business when he felt called to be an evangelist. He kept the plumbing business going and then would preach. And when the preaching opportunities were so much that he couldn't keep the business going anymore, then it's, an, it's a smooth transition. What makes for a rough transition is when there's a hard stop. It'd be like if you're on the interstate... And to switch gears, you came to a complete stop and then switch gears. You know, that's bad. Bad for the car. Bad for your safety. When, when it comes time to make the next step, you don't start believing for God to use you. Like if you feel called to preach or feel called to lead worship, you don't start believing for worship leading opportunities or preaching opportunities, you know, uh, the week before graduation or after the summer, after you finish graduation. You should start believing like year one, year two, so that then, you, you know, the Lord will accommodate your faith. I had, uh, I had for God knows what reason, it just had to be a miracle. I had pastors invite me to do Sunday through Fridays while I was in Bible school. So then by the time I went to graduate, the ball was already rolling. I didn't have anywhere near the opportunities like I have now, but there was at least a movement in that direction. So... The ability in life to foresee where it is that God wants you to go. None of, none of us know all the steps we're going to take, but God points us in the, in the direction. And then he does give you the next step to take. I have shown you, oh man, what is good. God shows you what to do. So the more you exercise your faith and the earlier you exercise your faith in that direction to get the ball rolling, then you won't see the mistake like I'm sure you've seen where people graduate and it's like, They'll graduate in May, take the summer and go back home and chill for three months. And they're like, all right. And then they're, they're almost like out of the flow. I bet you even after preaching for 16 years, if I took three months off, it, it would jack things up. It would definitely jack things up uh, for, the, for the ministry itself. I would jack me up. I, I bet you my next message, I would be rusty and like not as good. Once you get moving in the flow of ministry, you never step out of it. And you should always be looking ahead uh, for the next thing. You look now, like this year we're making this transition of doing daily broadcasts uh, in with preaching out. That transition started 15 months ago. Now we're doing it heavy. Now it's all accommodated. But when you just do these rough stop and then start, that that's where the mess up is. Now I'll, 
since you're already past that, and obviously you're not calling me from a banana republic in, in uh, Amsterdam where you got out of the ministry, you're in the ministry. Mm-hmm. The next thing I would say to do is, um, you know, this sounds like overly simplistic, and I like giving people practical things to do, and this, this is not practical. It's just like spiritual. Is you start to find out, you start to wonder, like, when am I going to get my breakthrough? When am I going to have opportunities, like a big opportunity present itself to me or whatever? Um, and you think you have to work to do it, which you should work hard. But you realize when you get to where I'm at that the time you spent where you were scraping by was because of your own faith and what you believed in your heart. And I I won't say that I ever spoke it out of my mouth because I was smart enough not to do that. But, you know, you think life's going to be hard. Life's going to be hard. If you actuate the things that you hear me teach, and I know you hear Pastor Ben teach it where you're at, where you, you just get out of the way. You know, you're in the way kind of, and you're the one blocking it. The devil can't block it, and people can't block it. So when you just start to facilitate what God already wants to do, and start, you know, in the morning, Father, I thank you that you're making a way for me where there is no way. I thank you that your goodness and mercy is following me today. I, I expect a miracle. I thank you the harvest of my seed sown is coming this way for me today. You know, that stuff works. Most people either speak against it, which I'm sure you don't, or they remain quiet, which does, you know, which does nothing. Or you just sit and wonder when things are going to work out. When instead you actively engage your faith with your mouth, by the fruit of a man's lips will his belly be satisfied. Father, I thank you for the greatest financial February I've ever had in Jesus' name. Thank you this will be the best month this ministry's ever had. This this. This thing uh, we're getting ready to buy for our broadcast studio. Ram and Nick texted me how much it is. I won't tell you what I texted them back, but it was essentially letting them know I could sneeze that amount of money out. You know, I wasn't saying that to brag, and I wasn't saying it to them. I was saying it for my own self. I'm not going to hear that we need $80,000 or $32,000 or whatever, but, oh, we, um, family, we have a great need. No, I'm not, I refuse to call it a great need. Yeah. Paul said I was never in need. So I, I thank you for open doors. It's like, like my, uh, my Uncle Terry told me when I lived in Virginia Beach. He said, you need to quit going to these backslidden churches that you go to preach at that have 30 people and don't even believe in prosperity or healing, and, that, and then you get into trouble with the pastors. Quit going there. I said, I, I, I'd be happy not to go there. But you have to remember, I'm not like you. I don't have a ton of opportunities. I barely have any opportunities. And he very sternly said, first of all, you need to quit saying that. Because that's why. I, uh, you know, I go there because I don't have any. What, quit talking like that. Conduct yourself like you are who God says you are in the Bible. And you'll find out God doesn't have an age where that kicks in. As soon as you start kicking it in, it starts working for you. You know, conduct yourself. You notice, I mean, anybody watching notices that how I'm dressed today. I've just decided I'm going to conduct myself like somebody, like Billy Graham. If I'm believing for God to give me my nation, I'm going to look and act like somebody that, you know, where I walk into a restaurant after I finish here or go to the Penguin game last night. People, I have people come over and ask me, are you famous? What do you do? They don't know who I am. They, they just... I want to look. I want to look like some of it. He's not like everybody else. If I have a problem, I bet you he could help me. 
That's what I want to look. If somebody's scanning the crowd. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I guess, you know, I didn't mean to get into that, but I would say, and, I, and this, I barely know you. But that, that's one reason why a lot of young people struggle, <laughs> particularly preachers, young mm. preachers. People yeah. don't give a check for $25,000 to somebody that looks like they just got kicked out of a fraternity. <laughs> you wear, People don't give $50,000 checks to somebody yeah. in, in ripped jeans and a tank top. It doesn't happen. You think it does? It, it it operates differently, where it's like if I look disheveled, if I drive a crappy car, but it actually mm. works the complete opposite. Explain. Just there was even some lady that said that yesterday. You know that you, you had said, "Oh, it's so insulting when they keep saying that we made 1.5 million and we we almost did like three million last year." So, and one lady wrote, "That's the, the exact reason why I give." And so it's just it's interesting. You want to give to where you feel like your money is going to actually multiply. If you Mm. look at somebody and you see them disheveled and you see them driving a a crappy car, whether it's intentional or not, you're making a judgment based on the way they look every single time. And so if somebody looks disheveled, drives a nasty car, there's something financially. Anybody that has smarts with money knows that there's a reason why that person is the way that they are. And if they're older and look disheveled, Mm. even worse. Because there's a reason why they they look like that. They drive that car. It's just fi- lack of financial smarts. There's an evangelist that's, that's been in evangelism for 53 years. And he told a story. He also did music. And Jimmy Swaggart brought, bought a bunch of his songs, the rights to him. And Jimmy Swaggart was selling like, you know, still does. But, but, but in the 80s was selling like, you know, millions if not tens of millions or hundreds of millions of albums. Everybody mm-hmm. bought his music. So this... Some of the songs on the album were the songs this guy wrote. He goes overnight from being like a struggling Assemblies of God evangelist to having deep, you know, good royalty checks coming in. So he wanted to buy a Cadillac. And he told this older pastor, he was like 30, younger than me. He said, you know, he showed him the Cadillac he was going to buy. The pastor said, so-and-so, I'm going to tell you right now, if you buy that Cadillac, nobody will ever give in your offerings. Because people give because they think you're in need, you know. If you if you look like you're rich, no one's going to give. But he he said I believed him, but I had the money anyway, and I bought um I bought the Cadillac. He said it actually went in reverse. Where after I bought that car and started showing up to churches like that, that's the first time that I had business people start giving me like business size checks. Yeah. Because I looked like someone that could handle money, and the reason that I'm saying this. Like, this is our our February newsletter. The camels are coming. There's no needs presented here. Even what we're doing, our supernatural expansion, the new Revival Today studio, just $32,000 more to complete it. I'm not saying, could you please, I won't be able to stay on the air. We have this need. We don't know how we're ever. It'll be done with or without you. I'm giving you an opportunity. I'm letting you know what I'm doing. And you're free to give or free not to give. But you will never hear... Never have heard, never will hear. I need your help. We just launched on TV. It's such and such amount of money a month. I don't know how it's going to come in. If, if, you know, God doesn't like it. Because the Bible says in Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack anything. So when you in the ministry are always letting people know what lack you have, you, it is a testimony against Christ that he said, I mean, look at when Jesus sent the disciples out. 
When I sent you out without purse or script or shoes, lackest thou anything? And they replied, no, Lord. Luke twenty two thirty five. 35. We didn't lack anything. Not, and you won't lack anything. Paul said, not that I was ever in need. Philippians 4, 11. So when, when you go the other way and say, the Lord is good. Praise God. He's helping our ministry. You know, he, I'm not saying the stuff I say to brag. I'm saying it to flow in the opposite spirit of how the devil wants things to be. So, you know, it's not normal to say our ministry took in 1.7 million. We now took in three and that'll be the lowest it ever is. Money flows like tap water into this ministry. I'm not saying that to tick people off. I understand that comes off in a way that some people won't like. I'm saying it, number one, so the devil can hear me. I'm saying it, number two, so my own self can hear me. And I'm saying it, number three, because the Bible says in Job 22, a righteous man shall decree a thing, and it shall be established. You say we have a need, needs multiply. You say we don't have enough, not enough multiplies. You say... God has given this ministry more than enough and it'll increase. The second you start doing that, whether it's 53 or 21 years old, doesn't make any difference. God likes people who talk like that. And God does not like complainers. That's who, who, who snakes were, were sent to. You know, if I, if I sent out a newsletter, like I was trained to send out a newsletter, I would just, you know... This, I don't know what we're going to do. We just built this new call center. and uh, I don't know how much all that costs. I don't ask. God supplies all my needs Amen. according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Amen. So, as, as, as you probably heard me, that's not how most people are. Most people, they look. You know, it's like somebody tells you, I'm struggling in the ministry. No one's having me preach. You look like you're struggling in the ministry and no one's having you preach. Yeah. Don't look like where you are. Care, and it's not just about the clothes. You know, this suit was $110. <laughs> the whole thing. It's not that you have poor clothes that make you look poor. It's your poor care and value for the clothes that make you look poor. That's true. People get this poverty depressed thing come on them. Mm-hmm. Don't shower. <laughs> don't shave. Mm-hmm. Find an old unwashed hooded sweatshirt. How many of you are believing for a breakthrough? You don't have to put your hand up. You're dressed like you need a breakthrough. You you should look like you carry breakthrough. And, you know, I'm going to go eat at a restaurant, Lord willing, if Jesus doesn't come back. I'm going to go eat at a restaurant for dinner tonight. It's amazing when you carry your, you know, the restaurant owner just came back, came out to meet me. Didn't know who who are you? You know, that, that you wanted to know. You know, people think you're like a musician or an athlete or, or something like that mm-hmm. because you don't, you look like so. And it, part of it's the anointing. And a fate, fate, that, that guy, it's, it, it's really people can tell you're anointed. So the, the owner comes out to meet me. Can I, can, you, can I get a paper towel? I'm sure I made that mess. I just want to wipe it. Um, who are you? I tell him I'm a minister. Oh. Then his father that owns the restaurant across the street in downtown Pittsburgh, he brings him in to meet me. We start talking. Thanks. We start talking. And uh, he takes two-thirds off my bill. And I'm not, I mean, like, I didn't pray with him. So I thanked him. He said, I like having people like you in my restaurant. He's taken two-thirds off my bill every time I've been there. So what did I do? 
rather than just save the money. I tip the waitress $100 every time I go. You want to know what happened? The first time I tipped her $100, I got a big thank you. The second time I, I tipped her, another huge thank you. The third time I came to the restaurant, I never told her anything about me. She had never asked. She comes to my table. Hey, nice to have you, Jonathan. Where's Adolis and Camila? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so you're a preacher, huh? And then your wife and her twin sister do stuff for women. Oh, uh, uh, and your daughter comes on the program sometimes. I, I, said, I said, how'd you know? Oh, I, I looked you up. I Googled you, and then I've been watching your programs on Facebook. You know, people think uh, this stuff's all disconnected. But prosperity, healing, soul winning, it all... You know, Jesus didn't come one time in 4,000 B.C. and die for our sins, another time in 2,000 and, and take care of sickness, and another time for prosperity. The same atonement, and I'm sorry that this has turned into you basically just sitting on Skype having to listen to my message. But <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. <laughs> I, 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 I guess your question struck a nerve with me. You know, the same the right atonement, <laughs> it's not right. You, you think, Brooklyn... You, you had parents in the ministry or no? No. My dad's in Okay, well, I did. So if you're a preacher's kid, and any preacher's kids that are watching, people had dads and moms that were anointed praying people. Not bums, like great parents. But they never hit the prosperity aspect. And so the kids don't serve the Lord because they saw their mom and dad serve God with all their heart, and struggle their whole life. It doesn't make sense. What makes sense is for me to sit at that restaurant and tell those people about my God. And I look like I have a God that takes care of me. That's right. Well, I'm struggling. I don't say, well, me too. No. Well, how can I pray for How can I help you? Because I can tell you, I've been through that, or I know so-and-so that went through that, and this is what God did for them. I'm not in need. I'm anointed to meet needs. And I said to every viewer, always carry that mentality. I'm not here to join the problems of this world. Boy, there's a health care crisis. Not for me. My health care is prepaid and infallible. I'm not like, I mean, I've said it ad nauseum, but it, 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 it is essential. I'm not like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I don't live like everybody else. I don't care what the world thinks about how I live. Yeah. I don't care that they mock that I only sleep with my wife and think it's a mental problem that I don't, you know, explore my sexuality. I don't care. After they're all ridden with disease and dead, I'll still be alive and preaching the gospel. Amen. I know the path I'm on. I chose it. God gives me grace to walk on it. And most of all, I know where that path leads. And, uh, you know, even the owner, I'll talk to him today. He looked me up on Instagram uh, after the Newark crusade. Wow, there's a lot of people that came to see you preach in New Jersey. That was crazy. Hey, this is what he says to me. Hey, my, me and my dad and mom stopped going to church when I was eight, but I've been thinking I want to get back to church. Are you having a revival in Pittsburgh anytime soon? I want to go to a revival. I mean, like, of course, fasting and prayer goes into that. I would say fast and pray and pray. I mean, I emphasize both things, the fasting and the prayer. Fast, but don't fast and not pray. Fast and pray. Engage God in your prayers. 
Whatsoever things ye desire when you pray, believing that you have received them, you will have them. So, I mean, attack the things that you want in prayer, desires of your heart. Whatever is frustrating to you in the ministry, whether it's your pay, you know, always remember to everybody that's in the ministry, whatever your salary is, that's your employer's civic obligation to give you. But that is not the limit of what, you know, I only make, you know, I only make uh, $20,000 a year. So obviously quit talking like that. That's one stream of income. That is not your source. God is your source and God is unlimited. You know, you listen, well, I'm a missionary. So what? So God doesn't bless missionaries? I know rich missionaries. God blesses his children. Whatever he's called you to do has no bearing. No bearing on it. I'll tell you this too while, while I'm on the subject. You have to be very good at something in life. And that's why most people struggle. They're not good at anything. They're like kind of good at a few things. But whatever it is that you feel called to do, Music, you know, like, I, like I'll, I'll talk to a guy on a praise and worship team. He tells me, I, I do praise and worship here. What, what instrument do you play? I, kind of, I play the keyboard and I kind of play the bass and I can play guitar too. And you know, you suck at all three. And, and not even suck, you know, like you're, you're okay. I would pick one and get like really good at it because yeah. think of it. The Bible says a man's gift creates, yeah. uh, uh, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. So yeah. your breakthrough is wow. ultimately a function of the gift that you carry. Wow. You know, I don't like talking like this. I'll, I'll take a, like a five day break from talking like this because it's too much for one broadcast. But, but just as an example, I have, God gave it to me. It's not bragging. The Lord gave it to me. God gave me a preaching gift, and I've developed it. I preached in Bible school as much as I could. I, I, I became a youth pastor while I was in school, an hour and a half away. I preached all I could, developed it. I think after, you can ask Kofi. I beat the crap out of myself after I get done preaching. I shouldn't have done this. I need to get better at openings. At, I, all that stuff. I've listened to myself. I, I've listened to other great speakers to grab some of what they have. I can't play any instruments. I can't do anything. I mean, you'd ask us instruments. I can't do anything else in life other than preach. I can't fix a car. I can't change a tie. I can tie a tie. I can dress myself. I can wash myself. I can use the bathroom <laughs> myself, and I can preach. Praise God. I can feed myself. <laughs> and that, that's not, that's like true. I'm like a non-functional human being other than the thing God called me to do. But I did develop that. And so you look, you look. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. Pastor Rodney sees me at Ministers and Leaders Conference, or he saw me in Baltimore. Oh, I see Evangelist Jonathan's here. Come here and say a few words. Well, what, what, what made him give me an opportunity? He knows. I know. I can read a clock. I mean, I know. I know. They show me five minutes. I see the clock. I'm huge on time. <laughs> Just sure. I'm going to speak to you after. Probably going to be dismissed without pay for about two weeks. Um, so what? He had confidence that if he hands me the mic, I'm not going to make the service go down. I'm going to help make it go up. And that's what I did. I didn't get the mic. Anytime somebody gives you the mic, 
add something to the service. Don't, it's not time to promote yourself. Um, thank you, Pastor Rodney. I just finished two weeks of meetings. Many souls were saved. It's not a commercial. So I, I, I exhorted the crowd, uh, to, told what, what God would do in that service, that I connected to this man of God. The Lord helped me. God's going to use him to change your life. The crowd's on their feet. I go to give him the mic back. Any motions for me to keep going? Keep going. Take an offering. So that I knock something out of the service. Well, then when I come to ministers and leaders conference, he sees me. Now he's confident. He can give me the mic. I'm not going to run away with the service, do anything stupid. I preach for a little bit of time. The anointing, you know, from the gift I've developed hits the crowd. A pastor in the front row comes up. I want you to come to South Africa and preach at my conference. Biggest conference I've ever, one of the biggest things I've ever preached at. 7,000 in one location, 6,000 in another location from your gift. So the the last thing I'll leave everybody with, (laughs) look like you have something to offer and actually have something to offer. Figure out the thing that God has called you to do and get super good at it. You should be, everybody watching me, because this is going to be the key to explosive increase in 2019 that we cover today. We're getting ready to go on TV. There has to be a gift. You should be able to identify one thing you can do that I can, you know, what is your, what's your, what, what would it be for your husband? Um, construction, building things. He's excellent. And I mean, he moved here with no opportunity, just following the Lord speaking to him to move here. And he is slowly becoming the, the number one sought after home renovation and business renovation construction team in, Pit, in the city of Pittsburgh. Wow. Why? Excellent work. He blows everybody else out of the water. Yeah. He doesn't work for two of the three weeks, then go, into, go on heroin for the third week, not answer his phone, come out of rehab six weeks later and apologize, and then finish the job. He's nailing it. If you Listen to me. Not just Brooklyn, but everybody. This is a, a, a non-negotiable for keys for explosive increase. You have to have something you do. I write poetry. Has anybody bought it? Then it sucks. It can't be some ethereal thing you're good at. I like to knit. That's not it. I'm talking a gift God gave you that produces money. We read it yesterday. Deuteronomy 8.18. Behold, I am the Lord your God who giveth thee power to create wealth. Wealth doesn't come. Wealth is a product of you working the gift that God gave you, and whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And keep doing it. And keep doing it. And keep keep analyzing yourself. Don't ask your mother how she thinks your sermon went, or how she thinks your, your singing went. You listen to it with objective ears. I used to listen to my old preaching tapes. The second I'd always record them and listen to them on the drive home. And it was painful. That stinks. What a terrible message. I thought yeah. I was giving it my all. You listen to it. It was, a, and then so in Genesis chapter one, I, I had the voice that I make fun of in my meetings because I thought that's, <laughs> and con- continuing with our reading today, that, that like soft, put me to sleep voice. So what do you do? Quit talking like that. Anyway, there's a uh, 35 minute answer to a question that could have been answered in about 90 seconds. <laughs> Did it, did I help you at all? Yes, it was great. It was 
Now, like, are you really saying that, or are you saying because you, 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 you your phone's low on battery from having listened to a forty-minute answer? Hey, listen, yeah, I, I was actually thinking I'm thinking I have a charger. That's a fact. Amen. And Amen. coffee's on us, or no, lunch is on. Lunch us. is on us. So you can go have uh, whatever you guys eat with wooden shoes and a windmill. Uh, I'm not really familiar with Dutch culture. Twenty seconds till TV. Eleven. A lot Brooklyn. of cheese. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> We're going on in thirty-four million households in just a handful of seconds. Here's the intro. I'll see you on the other side. God bless you. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.